Happy 2020, and uh, welcome to another edition of the Hammer High School Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Jessalitis, back from the uh, winter break. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed everything. Uh, our podcast is always being brought to you by The Athlete, your specialist in team equipment and uniforms since 1978, selling all the high school awards, jackets, and spirit wear. The Athlete also offers game balls, whether it's uh, football, basketball, baseball, or soccer, or volleyballs. All the official sizes for your game, The Athlete 2424 Teal Road, uh, that is the place to go, people. Uh, so big thanks to everybody over at uh, The Athlete. So we'll start out our podcast uh, this week. We want a, a little little out of our lane here a bit, and we're going to talk a little bit about college, but it has a great high school connection. Uh, Delphi has a really, really cool group called Delphi Bracketology. And, you know, when I went to high school, you had, like, a Spanish club and you had, like, chess club and stuff like that. Okay. But what these guys were doing was uh, they were they were getting the kids, and uh, they started to learn up on how brackets are projected. Then they formed the club. They started doing it themselves. And the really cool part about it is they got really, really good at doing this. In fact, uh, they're one of the best nationally uh, in previous years, too. So they definitely stand out. So uh, I talked to Brian Tonsoni, who uh, helps head up that group over at uh, Delphi, to talk to us a little bit more about that. Hey, thank you so much, Brian, for being on. Well, thank you. We appreciate uh, you asking us uh, to be on the show. We like sharing what we do here at Delphi Bracketology, uh, and we like um, helping all Big Ten fans, um, regardless of, uh, of who you root for, understand uh, what it takes to make the NCAA tournament. Well, unless you're a Michigan State fan, we'd all agree. If you're a Michigan State fan, just turn it off now. Yeah, please. <laughs> all right, so for the folks that may not know what Delphi Bracketology is, uh, kind of explain that a little bit to us. I, I'm sure some folks may have heard the the term or the group before, but uh, you guys are at the forefront of one of the most accurate NCAA bracket predicting uh, groups in America. Talk a little bit about what it is and how it came to be. Yeah, the, the thing that's really important for listeners is it's bracket predicting. It's not bracket selecting. So once Selection Sunday uh, comes, we're out of business. We don't help you pick the winners for your pool. Uh, we just tell you where your teams are going to likely show up in the tournament. Uh, it started in 2015 with a simple question in the class of where do you think IU and Purdue might be seated? And we just started doing Google searches. And um, we started with six kids and, a, and myself in a club that we just met and tried to figure it out. And then in 2016, we won a competition of similar bracketologists by having the best bracket uh, in the country, we finished in the top uh, 10 and top 15 in the first three years. Last year, we took a, a tumble down to the to the lower half, a little rebuilding year for us. But we have we have about 10 students and four faculty members that meet every Tuesday morning. We do some writing on a website, DelphiBracketology.com, and we try to predict the basketball tournament. and And we cover some football. Um, I tell you, Purdue University has been great uh, in giving us some media access. Uh, for our teachers and our students to um, be in the press box at, at Ross Aid and, and, and at Mackey. Uh, really thankful for that uh, opportunity uh, to, to share with our youngsters uh, to learn the game and learn people. And, and so it's a great group, and we hope that we continue to do a good job. And this year we get back to the top uh, 15 or 20 in the, in the country in predicting the bracket. This is a lot more fun than Chess Club. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. No disrespect uh, to Chess Club, Brian. This is a little <laughs> bit more fun. It's unique. Uh, I look forward to sharing that. Uh, I know North Montgomery, uh, some listeners down there, uh, there's a young man who's starting a, a club up, I believe, and I'd like to see it spread because it's really good. It's, it's thinking, it's spreadsheets, it's 
numbers and statistics. So besides just the awesomeness of college sports and specifically college basketball, uh, I think there is some uh, good uh, learning that, that comes from it as well. So looking at it so far, uh, the big thing that stood out to me, before we get into the Big Ten, i got to ask this because it's their highest ranking they've ever had, but is Butler a number one seed right now, and do you think they could hold on? If they are, could they hold on to that spot? Uh, yes, we put out a bracket Monday night, and Butler is a number one seed uh, in our bracket. Um, you get used to the quad one and quad two conversation if, you're, if you follow bracket, uh, bracketology. Butler has the most quad one wins tied with San Diego State with five so far this year. And they play in the Big East, and the Big East one through ten. Uh, Providence uh, had a big win at Marquette last night. Uh, every game is a very good quad one, quad two opportunity. And so if Butler keeps on winning, they're just going to add to that resume that the NCAA committee looks uh, for. I, I would be shocked, uh, unless they go on a long losing streak, to see them not uh, a one, two, or three seed uh, at worst with, with what they've done so far. And if they continue doing what they're doing, uh, I, I can see a one seed at Indianapolis even, um, uh, for the Butler Bulldogs. That's crazy to think about that. When you take a look at the conferences as a whole, I would think the Big Ten you would project to have the most in as of right now. Obviously, that can all change, especially in a conference where nobody seems to ever win a road game. It's uh, very, very even right now, pretty much through the entire conference. Uh, Do you project the Big Ten right now to have the most teams in the field? Jared, yes, we do. Um, Every, every game except maybe uh, a North, a Northwestern or in Nebraska is playing well too right now, but, but their numbers aren't very good as far as the net and the ranking system that the bracket, uh, the NCAA committee uses. Uh, every game is going to be a quad one or quad two. I, I think five of the six uh, next Purdue games are quad one opportunities. So while Purdue has struggled here recently to find some offense and do some things, they're just one flip of the switch away from uh, two wins in a row uh, adding quad one victories and jumping back into um, heavy bracket consideration. And that's what the Big Ten is all about. I wouldn't be surprised to see at least at the at least eight teams from the Big Ten. And they could be pushing nine or ten, which is really unheard of in conference play. Very rarely does that happen for any conference. But I think uh, what the Big Ten did in the preseason, heck, you got Rutgers this morning at 20 in the net, um, ranked ahead of Michigan. Uh, that That just is a crazy thing for us in the, in the six years or, or five years that we've done this to see a team like a Rutgers who's been down and out sitting in the top 20 in the, in the net ranking that the NCAA committee um, picks. So we have nine in and we have three that are within eight of the tournament right now, including the Purdue Boilermakers. We're talking with Brian Tonsoni of Delphi Bracketology here on the Wings Etc. Hammerhead Hotline. Let's get into Purdue uh, specifically, where do you have them at right now? We have Purdue out um, simply because the total record of 9-6, and six, their net ranking is 51. And, and, Jared, the thing to look for is if Purdue can get in the top 40, they'll be in heavy consideration. Last year, only three teams in the top 40 of the net uh, ended up with a resume that wasn't worthy, and that was some bad non-conference scheduling uh, by North Carolina State. Purdue strengths, they are number 10 in the net strength of schedule non-conference. So if they can pick up some wins, uh, they're three and five in quad one and two. They win two in a row, and they're back to 500 in those two areas. And some of those being on the road, they're right back in the tournament. So at nine and six, uh, everyone's down a little bit. Um, but they have the capability, as they, sh- they have shown, uh, to beat people at home like Virginia. Um, and then 
Purdue fans, you started. You need Virginia to win more. They got beat last night. Virginia is actually lower than Purdue at sixty-three. Um, so if Virginia starts winning in the ACC and moves back up, that'll help uh, boost Purdue. But I think any of twelve teams, um, depending on who goes on a, on a run. So I, I still think Purdue, even though they're in like the second four out, I think they're seventh out in our bracket. Uh, still, still has a lot of opportunities to bounce their way back in. I'm sure Indiana is in right now at 11-3, but we made a lot out of that non-conference schedule. They didn't really leave home very much, especially early on in the season. How has that affected where you guys have placed them? We, we have Indiana on the 10 seed line, and, and the way they're playing as an IU fan, uh, I don't see them holding on to that very long. But they're in the same boat. They're 4-3, they're, they're and three, above 500 in quad 1 and 2. And what surprises me and will surprise you is their non-conference strength of schedule net ranking is 58. Hmm. And if you have a non-conference strength of schedule in the, in the 100 or above, that bodes well for the NCAA tournament. You get in trouble. Uh, Texas Tech has 267 in comparison to, to Indiana and Purdue. Um, you know, uh, so teams on the, on the bubble, uh, DePaul up in Chicago that everyone's in love in, 279 net non-conference strength of schedule. So Purdue and IU fans, uh, regardless of what you think, and IU schedule was weak to start off, um, but both of those schools can – that's one good piece that they have, and Indiana is more surprising to me than Purdue um, based on who the names were, but it comes down to the numbers. And so um, that surprised me even when, when the net came out uh, two or three weeks ago how good Indiana's non-conference strength of schedule was. Um, but Indiana has to turn around the way they're playing. The numbers and stats of who they played so far have them in at the 10, uh, but they're going to have to turn around their play real quick. I would assume Michigan State's the only team out of the Big Ten that has a decent enough shot to get that top seed, uh, one of those one seeds. Is there anybody else you think we should keep an eye on for the possibility of making a one seed out of the Big Ten? Well, you still got to watch Ohio State. They're just in a bad run. You know, Michigan State's been known in the past years to like lose three in a row in the Big Ten and then turn around and end up fifteen and three or fourteen and four in the Big Ten. But Michigan State, obviously, they have four quad one wins right now. We have them on the two seed line, uh, depending on what people around them do. Uh, Ohio State right now is faltering, but they have three quad one wins and no losses outside of quad one. So they're just in a bad run right now. I think those are the only two that could possibly pop up to the one uh, with Michigan State being uh, the most likely. I do want to ask you about one more Big team, uh, Big Ten team because I feel like it's been uh, a very big surprise to most fans, but I think a pleasant one because I really enjoy watching them. Even though they lost last night, Penn State at 12-3. and three. Oh, What do you think about the Nittany Lions and, and what's the ceiling for that club? Well, I tell you what, Penn State, we had them at the five line Monday before their loss. I don't think their loss is really going to drop them uh, off that five line uh, because it was on the road in the Big Ten, uh, and that was a quad one loss. So they're still, um, you know, they're three and two in quad one, three and one in quad two. Those are big-time numbers. Penn State's really uh, been wanting to, to be relevant for a long time, and Coach Chambers is doing a really nice job. They have some nice pieces uh, as you talk basketball instead of stats, uh, but their stats back it up. Um, they do have a 278 non-conference strength of schedule so if if they run into a rough time you might see a seed line or two drop uh but penn state is really really if they continue this they're going to be a, a, a top uh, six or seven seed easily 
Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology. Brian, tell the listeners if they want to see your guys' brackets, your projections, how often do you put those out and where can the listeners find them? Yeah, we're going to try to put one out at minimum once a week, if not twice a week now, on DelphiBracketology.com. There's a tab uh, that will take you right to the bracket. We also put the seed list, which will tell you all the one seeds, all the two seeds without um, the matchups on it. Uh, follow the tabs at the top of our website. You can follow us on Twitter, at Delphi Brackets, uh, where we try to tweet out uh, information and we share some of the articles um, that we share about hot teams, cold teams, and some bracket movement. So not only do we have the brackets available, we do have a, a few articles that come out. We're not ESPN. We don't publish them out all, all the time online or the athletic or any of those things. But uh, we do have some good, good points to share with our listeners. And our goal, Jared, is to inform people. Uh, we don't hate your teams. Um, we're, we try to just be honest in our evaluation and then share with fans so that they have an understanding of what their teams need to do to make the NCAA tournament. I think this is a great club for uh, for kids to uh, be working on. It's very, very unique. I applaud your guys' success. Uh, you guys really put a lot of effort in this stuff. Folks, go and check them out and uh, read them. And, Brian, hey, we'll, we'll check in back in with you or uh, uh, one of your students here in the next couple of weeks. We'll see where everything stands. Sound good? Yep. Yeah, please use us as much as you would like. All right, big thanks to uh, Brian for uh, being on there. Uh, I know we got a little college basketball talk in there, but I think it's really, really cool that it's a group of high school kids that are doing this, and uh, they're being so successful at that here uh, locally. That's pretty awesome stuff. Uh, Let's continue our uh, high school sports podcast sponsored by The Athlete with uh, Dakota Skis. He's our Athlete of the Month on 1017 The Hammer. Recently became the only the uh, second wrestler in CC history to hit the 100 wins mark, and uh, that would... That's what earned him the uh, Athlete of the Month for this month. So uh, check out my conversation with him. All right, uh, we have another Athlete of the Month. This month is Dakota Skis from Central Catholic. Uh, you are a grappler, you're, you're, you're a wrestler, and uh, by the way, you just hit 100 wins. Congratulations. That's a huge milestone, man. Thank you, thank you. So uh, when you first got started, what age did you first start getting into wrestling? At what point you say, hey, I, I really like you know, grinding around on a on a mat here and getting slammed and, and and throwing other people around. At what point do you go? This is appealing to me. Um. Well, actually, it was in the fourth grade. My older brother actually talked to Coach O'Keefe, who's my current coach right now. He was like, "I've seen you guys wrestle. I kind of want to try out for it." And then he just kind of brought me up there, and I was like, "I don't know. I kind of don't know about this." And then in seventh grade, I really started taking it more seriously. I was like, "Yeah, I think I want to do this in high school." And that's really where it all started. And this takes a particular kind of discipline, too, right? I mean, it's got to be hard being a young man and you're growing up. And, of course, you know, your body's changing and everything. You're putting on you know, more muscle and all that stuff. But you're still trying to maintain a weight and all that. Talk a little bit about how hard it is to be able to do it. Is that easy for you? I mean, it's a real discipline that you have to have, especially around the holidays, man. Yeah. You know, everybody's throwing food at you and stuff. Yeah. But you still got to stay in that kind of shape. Uh, talk about the discipline aspect of it for you. Um, yeah, it's, it's in between two big holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, so when you get around those times, um, you really just have to watch what you eat. I mean, we're, I mean, you can, you can go out and eat however much you want, but then you're just going to have all that weight that you're going to have to cut down, and I guess for me, like, I, I like to cut down my weight pretty early in the season, so it's not as hard, and once you get it down, you just have to maintain it and be really disciplined on what you eat and not eat a bunch of junk food. What is your favorite aspect uh, about wrestling? Oh, um, definitely being definitely being the only guy on the mat out there. 
Like it's just you, and anything that you do is going to be on you. And I, I like, I like having that. I mean, I also play baseball, and like having that team there is great too. But like when you're on that mat, it's just you, and I like really like having that one-on-one situation. You don't get to slam as many guys in baseball though as you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just recently hit this plateau of a, of a hundred wins. When you got started in the high school ranks, is this something that was always a goal for you? Did you ever think this would be a, a plateau that you'd be able to hit? Um. Honestly, I didn't think I would ever hit it because my freshman year I didn't have that many wins. And then we started getting more tournaments in. And then recently, last year, I had no idea I was this close to hitting it. And they told me, like, hey, you're only like 10, ways, 10 wins away. And I was like, well, that's crazy. And then it really just hit me that I was the second kid in CC history to be able to do this. And that's just really something cool. Was uh, Is there a specific uh, match, maybe a tournament that stands out from all those 100 wins that you're like, man, that's uh, that's my favorite? Um, there's there's two big ones that I think of right now. Um, the first one was freshman year at sectionals. I was losing to this McCutcheon kid 9-1. to one. Um, Ended up bridging and putting him to his back and beating him. And that was like a big one for me because I wasn't supposed to place anything in sectionals that year, and I ended up d- doing that. Um, and then the second one would have to be the most. It was actually this Saturday. Um, we were in an individual tournament, and I've never won an individual tournament. Ended up going in there, and I ended up beating everyone there. So you know, every time we talk to a Central Catholic athlete, they like to talk about the, the kind of community that you guys have in athletics, the support that you uh, that you, that you guys feel. What what does it mean to you to be a Central Catholic Knight? Um, family. Everyone comes out and watches everyone. Like I've never had all these other schools that we go to and watch wrestling. They don't have a bunch of students come out and watch them, but CC students they all come out and they all support everyone. And that's what we're all about. We just come out and support everyone that we can and cheer them on. So what's next for you, man? you still got a little bit of the season left here as well. So are there still some goals that we're looking to hit? Like You're going to be into baseball and stuff soon. So how's the rest of your senior year going to be looking here? Um, I'm looking to make it the state in wrestling this year. Um, I want to. That's always a big goal for anyone is make it state. And then if I make it the state, hopefully I can place when that first day. And after that, I'll just see what goes on and see what I want to do. What's it like now that you're a senior? Uh, and I'm sure you've been doing it since uh, you've been an upperclassman, but you also have to mentor a little bit to the younger guys that are coming up in the program. Uh, so what has that uh, experience been like for you to, to kind of be the guy that gets to pass along the knowledge for the next kid that wants to uh, be a 100-bat winner? Um, it's been It's been interesting because... Um, when I came in as a freshman, there was only three other kids on the wrestling team. And so I kind of like had to step into the big boy shoes my sophomore year and started handing it down. And then my junior year, my little brother was became a sophomore. So me and him have kind of like been, we've been mentoring everyone. And now this year we have seniors who've stepped up and it's been, it's been fun helping these kids out and seeing them mature and like a bunch of them have been they've matured already and they've like want to wrestle more and ever since I hit that milestone of 100 wins they're like 
hey, I want to do that too. Like, that's pretty cool. I want to do that too. That's got to feel good to not only inspire them, but then, you know, to see them succeed as well. Everybody likes the personal success, but I always felt like um, when you, uh, you are a great athlete when you invest in the team aspect of it too. And seeing your brothers win like that is, is always, I think, a, a great moment for you. Yeah. So uh, Dylan Skis, you are or Dakota Skis, you are our uh, athlete of the month uh, for January. Congratulations, man! Thank you. And a big thanks again to Dakota for uh, being on for athlete of the month. I was scheduled to have Sam King on. I had him live on my new show on Monday. Unfortunately, my recorder broke, and I didn't get the interview. So that's kind of a bummer because it was really, really good, and he had a really good story about being a diver in high school, but. Uh, alas, not going to be able to get it in on this one. But uh, big thanks for listening. Thanks to the athlete, your specialist in team equipment and uniforms since 1978, selling all the high school awards, jackets, spirit wear. Uh, the athlete also offers game balls, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, or soccer, volleyballs, all the official sizes for your game. The athlete, go see him 24-24, Teal Road. Uh, big thanks for uh, everyone, and uh, we'll see you again next week.